everything have to talk about the psychology of the character and the symbols. I, I can say the end, but mm -hmm. that power light is mm -hmm. the light of freedom. Mm -hmm. I think in the religious image, the light comes to the heaven, but here it mm -hmm. comes to the pussy. Welcome to Bitch Talk. I'm Aaron Lim. This is Ange, AKA Captain Party. And I'm producer Shar. And over the last 10 years, we've been elevating marginalized voices through interviews and events, sometimes over a glass of whiskey. Welcome to day one of our Sundance slash Slamdance coverage. Today we have our narrative films. We have The Accidental Getaway Driver, which won the Sundance US Dramatic Competition in Directing Award, and Mama Cruz. A big thank you to 48 Hills and our listeners for voting us Best of the Bay podcast. And now on with the show. We are on our first recording of the Daily Buzz 2023 Sundance Slamdance style. Uh, my name is John Wildman. I'm the editor in chief of FilmsGoneWild.com, and I've got with me. Oh man, it's been this is so cool. We're back at the table together, <laughs> Team Bitch Talk. We've got Angela Tabora and Aaron Lynn with me. So our first recording is going to be talking about the accidental getaway driver. This film is playing at the U.S. Dramatic Competition at Sundance. We have the director and writer Sing J Lee with us. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right. We always lead this off by having our filmmaker introduce our audience to the film. They likely haven't seen it as yet. So tell us about the film. In a short and sweet way, I guess the way I see this is a uh, four characters who are fragments that make up a whole. And that whole is a, a broken portrait in the search for belonging. Um, I think it can be perceived in many different ways. You know, for me, like what drew me to the story in the very beginning, you know, it's based on uh, true events in 2016, Southern California. Um, it was that I could see so many pieces of myself, fragments of my own memories and personal experiences in varying degrees within each of the four characters. And that's what I resonated with so deeply. And I just have a strong belief that those who watch it will be able to find their own different pieces and fragments that they can resonate with and be drawn into. And I think that's what make, can make it very universal. Well, this is a great film for us to start off with because it's one of those films that I think all three of us got a lot to ask and talk about. Yeah, I'm really glad that you describe it that way, Singh, because when I saw the title, I'm prepared for a little bit of adventure, action, a thriller. Mm -hmm. I wasn't prepared for how insightful the mm. film is. You touch on a lot of really important topics of masculinity, ego, abandonment. So I'm curious about your process in writing this film and dealing with those issues within yourself. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it goes also, it's a really interesting insight I think that you had because it falls into the larger conversation that we're having so much so prevalently about what are our stories and what does that mean? And there's so many ideas of, or perception of what that can mean on a surface level. You know, there's a veneer to those stories. And I think if you ignore the title, if you ignore the intention or the premise of what this is set around, there is such a tender story. And I think that story is so true and, and tangible to all of us. Um, and we focus on those, you know, it's like it's those generational uh, divides that happen between us and what happens in those pockets of culture. Um, you know, it's like for this in particular, You have the central character Long Ma, who's an 80-year-old Vietnamese mm -hmm. cab driver. Um, you have to remember too that, like, when he came over, 
he's carrying with him this perception or this like time capsule of what his own like uh, upbringing experiences are within a new generation over here as we i think around the table we know even from us from our own parents from our from our grandparents we exist in a different space um, and it's constantly changing transforming or reducing and it's within those spaces that we're trying to always search for a connection to our family and then a connection to our own culture and i think within that um there's a much more interesting story than just the idea of seeing an immigrant tale that's caught up in a kidnapping. I did not Google anything on purpose, <laughs> so I, I don't like know. I don't know a lot um, about the aftermath of the story, but I did want to ask um, how much was this true versus dramatized in the film? And then also, um, did the driver consult or any part of this story, the true story of this consult on this film? Yeah, so I would say that inspired by is an important word within this. I wrote the script with Chris Chen. We co-wrote this. Um, and once I'd done that, uh, we met with the real Longmar um, mm. and just had a conversation with him in terms of getting his blessing in some mm -hmm. ways. But also because I felt so strongly about, and it's also interesting what you're saying too, because I think uh, you can be limited in just trying to reenact a real story. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it goes back to another question of like, how who's responsible for making stories like this and how are we responsible to these sort of kind of stories. Um, and I always think about, you have to really resonate and understand the core idea of what that could be. It doesn't matter if you're like, you could be an, uh, a scholar or an academic on a certain culture, but if you don't understand and feel or have shared similar life experiences with, mm. then your perspective or the perspectives that could come out uh, from this um, still might not you know, resonate. And so I felt a lot of strong beliefs that I I feel the certain elements that exist within this film, you know, whilst they may not be true to the events, mm -hmm. the sentiment and the spirit is very much true to uh, the emotions that those characters might have faced. And also, you know, uh, what those characters can represent. You know, I, I think I'll go back to Longmire mm -hmm. eventually, but mm -hmm. I think each four of these characters, to me, the important part of it, and especially when I was writing it, was that they could become a commentary or a vessel for a much larger idea or theme that it can exist within them. Eddie, um, mm -hmm. you know, the youngest, I think to me represents how I felt when I was a teenager. I grew up in a very uh, white centric small town and we were the only Chinese family there. You know, you try and suffocate so much of yourself or try and make that part of yourself mm -hmm. so invisible so that you can just move through life and, and try and figure out, you know, what are you trying to do? And then, you know, when my, my family are from Hong Kong, so when I, when I go back to Hong Kong, but I'm also seen as an other there. They know immediately that I'm not from Hong Kong. Yes. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you become another to both these places. Mm -hmm. So all you want to do is try and be invisible and fit in. So, you know, like for me, it's like Eddie is not based on an idea and a theme that we can all relate to. And, and that extends to all the other characters as well in some form or another. But with Long Ma, yeah, I wanted to retain his name because Long also means dragon. And dragon obviously represents so much mm -hmm. of us in the East. Mm -hmm. um, Daeyoung. His, his name in Vietnamese actually means West. And so you already have this mm -hmm. like propulsion of duality that comes between the two of them. They're symbiotic in some way. And, you know, they are the soul of the film. Um, and so with this idea of um, them being thematic vessels, when I spoke to Long Ma, I just wanted to make sure that there was some kind of uh, synergy with that. And, uh, you know, I based his, I know people haven't seen the film yet, but there's one of his, I wanted to start the film with what I imagine might be his purest memory, his most innocent one. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, 
and I based that off my own father and mm. his own stories. Uh, and so when I spoke, but when I spoke to Long Ma in real life, uh, and I asked him about his childhood, coincidentally, he said it was the same, pretty much. And so there was, for me, that was like, okay, I think the sentiment and the spirit is there and that's important. That's the most important part. Mm. And now the part of the show where we praise you as a filmmaker. <laughs> um, uh, you know, it's been a while since I've watched a film that I've actually thought about the music of filmmaking. And I'm not talking about actual soundtrack music. I'm talking about um, how the style of a film can go to very quiet, subtle, intimate moments, and then have little moments of explosion. And, and you know, and in this, we have moments of tension that build up. We have surprising moments, and it's incredibly well done um, uh, in that sometimes you lull us into an, an area where we think the film is going to go to a different place and then you shock us out of that or you remind us, no, we're actually in a tough situation here. Mm -hmm. And it's very artfully done. And that and 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 I would love for you to talk about that because, you know, you're the writer, but uh, and, and, and director. But sometimes, you know, that footage that you get, it doesn't translate through the editing process. So I would love to talk, love for you to talk about how you approach that um, to make sure that it wasn't all one note mm -hmm. and that, you know, that we weren't doing, you know, just, you know, just a, you know, a gangster drama or we yeah. weren't just doing like, you know, a character study. It was everything. Yeah. Talk about that. Oh, no, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And also I'm glad that you picked up on the score and the music of the film. And I like also that you were using that as like a, a metaphor for the tone of the film, but also the music itself. But I, I want to start with the music first and we'll go into the other part. Um, no, music is fundamentally important. I think not just to this film, but, to myself, I actually was a musician before I thought I was going to become a filmmaker. So it's like, it's, it's such a big part. It was a big, big part for me to, to find my place. You know, we mentioned before you're, you're young, you're, you're lost, you're trying to be invisible, but you try and find places to escape. And it's within music that I found my escape. So it always retained a, a really important place. And from the beginning, I really, I was, when I was speaking with different heads of department and the cast, I was saying, look, I really see this as a folktale of forgotten people. And I don't mean to use folktale in maybe the immediate perception. It just sounds a little like amorphous, but I mean it because for me, you know, like my dad's side of the family, are Hakka Chinese, and I know we have a lot of folk songs. That's where we, our history exists, mm -hmm. you know? And again, the history of certain kind of demographics aren't always recorded truthfully. There's a bias to it, mm -hmm. but, we have them in our songs. And interestingly enough as well, my, my paternal grandmother, she passed while I was writing this and I, she speaks in the Hakka dialect mm -hmm. and I've never been able to have a conversation my whole life with her and understand her story from her words. Um, and I know it was a, it was a very trying um, life that she had. So when she passed it, I, it made it even more prominent, this idea of we lose fragments of our own history and our own stories and our own family stories mm -hmm. once generations uh, leave us um, and the delicacy of just words and, and oral history and voice. So that's what I mean by a folktale, because to me, these characters too, you know, like you just said, um, they they exist in this moment and in real life, once a new cycle is done, once mm -hmm. these characters, you know, once these real people are, um, leave the, you know, the public consciousness, what happens to their life? Like mm -hmm. we don't follow through, they, they just cease to exist for us. And to me, that also is a parallel to what I've just mentioned. Um, and, uh, and so with the music, when I was speaking to John Ong, the composer, I was saying, you know, like, I really want it to translate through the music as well. This is 
you know, like when I say folk song, I don't mean a certain kind. You know, it's like Gustavo Santolaya is one of my favorite composers. Mm-hmm. I know he bases a lot of himself through the Ron Rocco, which is, you know, the Argentinian uh, basis of folk music. And he brings that into all those great films that he works with, with and Nyarizu and all that, you know, Babel. And you can create the sense of tension, the subversion and all that stuff without having to fall into convention. So beyond that, there was something earthy about this that I really wanted to do. I was like, John, like what, what can we do to elevate that? Where And where is the, you know, this is such a delicate film you know, in terms of its characters and where and the fragility, let's bring that through within the score too. And main, and just give it just a, you know, the music version of being analog, you know, let's just keep, let's just have this texture to it because that texture feels tangible and human to all of us. So anyway, that's the music part, but I also wanted to just quickly touch upon um, what you're talking about. You know, it's not, it's, it's many different things. It's not just one and it doesn't sit on the surface of the perception of a thriller. Well, like, I grew up so much on Taiwanese new cinema, Hong Kong new wave, kitchen, British kitchen sink realism. And within all of the three, the, the parallel that I feel that I was drawn to myself was it beautified the ordinary tempo of life. We observe life and uh, and we allow the characters to lead us, the viewer, rather than, you know, something with a more plot driven basis means that we force the characters and the viewer to go in a certain direction, which nullifies, you know, their cultural idiosyncrasies or just their personality. But if we can if we can cultivate a stillness, which all of these uh, movements do, and that's what I'm so drawn to, and I, I want what I want to continue to elevate and take with in my own in my own way, that we you know contain these characters in the stillness of the frame, and we allow them to exist in these in the inconsequential minutes. What happens in the spaces in between? I'm more interested in those spaces mm-hmm. than I am in mm-hmm. the bluster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and so, you know, like the visual aspect of, the, of those movements too, like influenced me greatly in, uh, in terms of like, I'm very particular about the composition of the world. Um, and that pairs so much with my cinematographer, Cambio, who I've worked over the last four years with. And, you know, it's interesting, I mentioned, um, you know, influences, you know, he comes from the school of Latin cinema. Um, and I come from the school of, you know, what I've just mentioned, but together the sweet spot in the middle is that we both care about the soul first than anything else. And like, even in the way he lights, it comes from that first. And so, you know, it's like, if we're trying to set up a scene, what's the minimal thing we can do just to like elevate that character. And then we'll build from there rather than flooding the place with all sorts of shapes and, or, you know, and light. And, and then it, that loses the humanity of the moment. You know, there's a realness to it all. Well, it's an, an incredibly thoughtful and yet dynamic film. And, uh, and, you know, and, and that is not easily achieved. So uh, congratulations so on that. Again, the film is The Accidental Getaway Driver, which is screening at, is in the U.S. Dramatic Competition at the Sundance Film Festival. And we've been talking with the director, writer, Sing J. Lee. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for having me. Loved it. Thank you. We do have a little more time if you want to close us out with a song. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is made possible by Anne Wang, Natalie Gamble, the Papa Lowdown Agency, the Friesen Family, Jenny Yang, Fleetwood, aka Nico, Melanie Pena, Lauren Lim, Catherine Tulio, Courtney Kita, Myla Blog, Anita Tabora Rodriguez, Arabella DeLuco, Chloe Jackman of Chloe Jackman Studios, Shauna Festi, Stephanie Walton, Lisa Shad, 
Antoinette Tabora, and Storied San Francisco. Thank you so much for donating, and a special shout out to the Slamdance Film Festival for providing us a recording home in Park City. We're on the Festival Daily Buzz from the Treasure Mountain Inn talking about Sundance and Slamdance films. My name is John Wildman. I'm the editor-in-chief of FilmsGoneWild.com. With me is Angela Tabora and Aaron Lim from Bitch Talk. And this segment, uh, this is another one we've been waiting to talk about, Mama Cruise, which is screening at Sundance. We have with us the director, Patricia Ortega. Patricia, welcome to the show. Thank you. I am so happy to be here. <laughs> we're very happy to have you here. Uh, we're going to start off by having you introduce our audience to the film. Mm -hmm. Tell us about Mama Cruz. Well, Mama Cruz is about a religious grandmother, and she one day has an accidental encounter with Vern. And in the beginning, she was so ashamed, but then she started to play and she has an uh, sexual awakening. Yes, yes, she does. <laughs> yes, she does. Yes, yes Patricia, I, I've already told you, but this has become one of my favorite films that we've watched, almost 30 of them. So thank, thank you so you. much. I grew up with the sexual repression of Catholicism. Me too. So a lot, yeah, I could tell. I'm like, we have to be, yeah. Um, so even without the sexual awakening that Cruz is having. I always thought that the statues and churches were over-sexual. Yes. Is that the same with you? Yes. I think the, there is a lot of eroticism in religion. In Seville, there are many artists that made sculptures of Christ. And there is a documentary, it's called Dolores Guapa. And one of the artists says that when they do the sculptures, they think in the body of her lo of his lover. And so, yes, they use the a like a reference. The, the, and there is a, a handsome Christ in oh, Cadiz. Yes. Oh, yeah, six yes. pack. Yeah. Moscow's Yes. Uh -huh. I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> right. Even as a kid, I'm like, that's too much skin, and, right? And yes. Yeah. And there is a, the ecstasies of Santa Teresa. There is a mm. beautiful text, and it's an orgasmic. An orgasmic text. So I, I, I want to talk about that mm -hmm. to to put that in the movie, and that's why that's why I I want to explore uh, the the passion. Yes, <laughs> in the religion too. The passion of Christ, exactly. Yes. Carry on. <laughs> 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 oh boy um, the the actress is is beautiful and yes. she obviously goes through a whole transformation through yes. the film but can i ask you did you have to convince her of some scenes or have conversations about some yes. scenes and can yes. you talk about that no in, in the beginning she was afraid because you have the script in the, in your hands and there is many ways to make that movie mm -hmm. so we we have to talk a lot and and I say to her, I don't want to see you naked. For me, your body is a tool to talk about freedom, mm -hmm. to talk about, and we talk a lot about everything, like hours and hours, how are you going, how you will do this and and that, and in we are now friends, <laughs> very close friends, mm -hmm. and she trusts me. And I always show to her all the all the shoots. I say, come and see, see what we are making. Mm -hmm. So because I want to that she feels secure in in all movie, and it, I think it was a very beautiful process. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, the two of you working together, uh, she's delivered a wonderful performance. Yes. A wonderful performance. And I would love for you to talk about uh, the visuals, which, of course, Angela's already previewed uh, some, of the, <laughs> some, some, some of the visuals. Um, but it's a beautifully shot film. And the images uh, are striking in that they really put us in a place in her mind mm-hmm. of of kind of this a kaleidoscope of things that she's going yes. going through. Talk about your approach. I, I want in the beginning that we are in like symmetric place with open shoots and like this the the atmosphere and her house is more big than her. Okay? Mm-hmm. Like she's like a shadow mm-hmm. first in her house. And then we start to see how she start to find herself. So, yes. Start taking a closer yes, look. Yes. Okay. When okay. she start to play and explore and feel things, so we are with her. And for me, what's very important to make you feel your own vulnerability mm-hmm. with her. When you laugh, we are laughing because we are feel the same. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We are in that position. And, and for me, that character is my mom, is my grandmother, is me, my friends. Mm-hmm. So there is a mix of all the women in my life mm-hmm. <laughs> there. So for me, the light, the, the composition, uh, the atmosphere, everything have to talk about the psychology of the character mm-hmm. and the symbols of freedom like the light i i can say <laughs> the the end but mm-hmm. that power light is mm-hmm. the light of freedom mm-hmm. in i think in the religious image the light comes to the heaven but here it mm-hmm. comes to the pussy exactly. yeah. Yeah. Yes. amen to use, to use one of their terms yes thank you that should be a shirt the yes. light comes from the pussy yes. is that what you said <laughs> Can we take that, <laughs> Patricia? Um, that, anyway. is, that is the quote of the day. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I, I'm friends with this woman. She's in her 80s. And she told me, she's like, you know, especially as a woman, after you reach a certain age, we become invisible. Yes. And obviously we know that. In 40s. Not, not in 80s. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. you, you, you don't exist. Oh, yeah. Because I know I'm 45. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we're 40s. Yeah. We'll just say we're 40s. Yeah. yeah but um, No one at this table is invisible. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you can't see my light because it's under the table. But, uh, anyway, um, no, but um, I saw you talk about your idea for this story came from mm-hmm. my finding. Yes. Please explain that because I love it. When and my mom has cancer like two years ago and I have to take care of her in Venezuela, in Maracaibo, in my city. And I have to, como se dice, arreglar o acomodar her bedroom so she feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I found a picture of her naked. And my mom is very religious, very conventional. <laughs> and I, when I saw that picture, I say, hmm, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we have a beautiful conversation and I realized that I know her as a, mother but not like not as a woman and for me i think in my grandmother too that my grandmother was always cooking cleaning working for us always Mm. working Mm -hmm. and 
I think there is so many women that live her life working for her her fam his the family, the kids, and they don't have time to feel, to enjoy, to 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 have a moment to be her their self. So I think that was the inspiration that we we have to have time to feel that we have to live for us mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. no? And and that's what that's why I start to write <laughs> the script. Mm -hmm. You know, I I I want to say in the states and with studio films, um, how sexuality is approached on film is oftentimes just embarrassing and yes. adolescent. Yes. yes. And and the, and Mama Cruz is such a wonderful example of sexuality within the story concept of a film within storytelling that is that is done in such an adult ironically i'm mm -hmm. saying adult adult <laughs> way um but it's wonderful in that you know again you know we we watch films that are you know made in studios and you feel like you almost have a checklist like yes. you know we do we have do we have a, a topless shot do yes. we have this shot do we have this shot yes. here you know, even the moments where, where there were, there's nudity or what mm -hmm. have you, they are so much a part of what is happening with her personality, with yes. with, with her growth yes. as a person, and with the and and I just have to commend you. It is so well done in that respect. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely, I I would love for you to um to talk about when you were in the editing process because mm -hmm. as you're shooting, it's one thing yes. to have those conversations <laughs> and go, this mm -hmm. is what we're trying to do. But then you're editing something and you go, oh, I didn't really mean for that though. Yes. Um, talk about maybe those moments. We, mm, Fatima was my editor. Uh, very, I, 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 I know her in Seville and we talk about what we are saying with this movie. No? Mm -hmm. And because we we don't make the mistake that you you that use the body as an object we we want that sujeto que sea que el cuerpo yes i think when we see an erotic movie always always i think in the 90% always the the female body is an object mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes always i am so tired of that mm -hmm. because our body is like um uh, a life energy no and for me that's important that you feel her body as an energy not an ass not no that that's not what i want i want to feel her and for me when you see her naked you are not seeing her body you are seeing mm -hmm. her transformation mm -hmm. no the emotion the the joy the happiness mm -hmm. no and we are work so hard to 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 take care of that and in the premiere i was so afraid mm -hmm. because <laughs> i don't know you never know how the public is going to react mm -hmm. and when the people told me uh, that it it was they are very touched about that movie and they understand so for me it was like oh i'm so happy mm -hmm. <laughs> because i'm so afraid um 
I, I, you know, I'm going to close this up by saying something that I, <laughs> I, I that I think um, uh, I'm a fan of Amodovar, <laughs> but I think Pedro Amodovar wishes he would make this movie. Um, he's been he's been trying to make this movie for a while. So I'll end it on that. But again, the, the title of the film is Mama Cruz, screening at Sundance. And we've been having a wonderful conversation with the director, Patricia Ortega. Thank you for being on the show. Muchas gracias a ustedes. Thanks to you. Thank, Thank you. you. I'm sorry Loved for it. my English. It's perfect. <laughs> great. Thanks for joining us on today's show. You can find more information about this episode in our show notes. If you're missing us, you can visit us at bitchtalkpodcast.com to sign up for our newsletter and buy us a cup of coffee. Did you know we're also on the radio? You can find us at bff.fm. And lastly, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Only the coolest bitches are doing it. member of the bff.fm podcast network learn more at podcast.bff.fm bff.fm best frequencies forever